you too. And I love the whole family of God. Amen. I love it when a plan comes together. I feel the spirit of God like Alex was relaying to. Something's happening in here. There's a theme running. I think God is calling some people forward. Somebody say, I got to go forward. Yeah, God, God wants somebody to leave here forward, stepping out of what was holding you back. I just feel it in the atmosphere that somebody here can choose not to leave here stuck where they were when they came inside the door. I don't know if it's emotionally. I don't know if it's psychologically. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know, but I just know. You know what? If none of you, I'll take it. I'll I'll do it. I'll, you take Okay, so me and you. Y'all, too bad. It's too late. First come, first serve. We got it. <laughs> three, three, <laughs> two or three are gathered. Okay. See, there you All right, here we go. Here we go. I know somebody will catch on. Amen. Amen. No, it's always an honor to stand before the pulpit as the person that God has selected before the foundations of the earth to bring forth what he would have said to his people, which is an awesome responsibility that I uh, never take lightly because of the condition of taking the or answering this call means that I also become responsible for the words that come out of my mouth. Um, because the impact they can have on your life if you should choose to obey them in believing that they're coming from God because I said them and they are in error, then I am responsible for that error. And uh, I choose not to. I'd rather not preach unless I know that God has given me a word. I have turned down many times when I felt that on my heart that God wasn't giving me something to say because I could come up with something to say. on my own, but that's not going to change you. It's not going to impact the part of you that only God's word can affect, yeah? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So today I want to turn our Bibles to 1 Kings. I've preached from this portion of scripture many times over the years, um, but God brings me back to it and to take another look and uh, find another level of understanding. 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 to 14 is my canvas. It's my canvas. 2 Kings chapter 2 verses 1 to 14. Amen. My focus is going to be on verses 9 and 10 for the theme, but I'm going to preach each one of those verses, actually, throughout the course of my assignment. Amen? And, and as we go there, as a matter of fact, I think I'll just read through it. Uh, yeah, I'll just read through the verses two to 1 to 14. I said yes? Yes. Amen. Okay. So when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal, and Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I'll never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel, and a group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but he, but be quiet about it. 
Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elijah replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will never leave you. So they went together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elijah and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you? Yeah, I know, he said. I'm now paraphrasing a little bit. But be quiet about it. Verse 6. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. We know what he said, right? As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped before the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak and struck the water with it, and the river divided, and the two of them went across to dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. And Elisha said, please let me inherit a double portion of your spirit and become your successor. Verse 10, you have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taking from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. Amen? And I want to talk about having a supersized faith. S having a supersized faith from this text. My assignment is to illuminate what it took for Elisha to get that double portion that he had asked for. What we learn from him applies to our own lives today, if you have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Uh, because the mantle, the mantle, the passing on of ministry, let's just say from David Wilkerson, down through the years to all that have came out of this ministry and went forth to continue to carry the gospel um, over the years, like who you were talking about at the beginning as he came out and found his uh, day at Damascus on his road and because of that, his light was able to go and shine and, and on and on and on and on. You'll see what I'm talking about there. He, he, we see here that this mantle is on you today. Somebody say that mantle is on me today. Yeah, that, that mantle's on me. Only say it if you believe it. It rests upon you and me. If we're going to be as effective, then we too need what he needed, which is the power of God's spirit we need to ask God to supersize our faith. Now, just um, as a way of context, I have my personal definition of faith. Um, it is Winston 101. Faith is the action I take based on what I believe. That is my de personal definition of faith. Faith is the action that I take based on what I believe. So when I'm saying supersize my faith, I'm not talking about supersize something that I want God to give me more of. Since it's the action I take, what I'm saying is, if I really believe God, may I supersize the actions that I take, showing that I believe that it's God. Therefore, making me responsible for part of this. Some of us want to wait on faith to increase or grow when the amount of faith you have is enough to do 
mountain-moving stuff. So the amount of faith you have is not the question. The amount of faith you use then becomes the subject matter. There's a couple of things that Elijah did. Elijah made a spiritual request. He manifested a steady resolve. And then he managed a sovereign response. And those are the three things that I'm going to indicate today. You'll hear them again. He made a spiritual request. In verse 9, I want to talk to you about the content of that request. Elijah asked to receive a double portion of Elijah's spirit. The request was not for twice the power that had rested on Elijah. The request was to be recognized as Elijah's replacement. It was common for firstborn children culturally of that day to receive a double portion of their father's estate as their inheritance. And Elijah was asking for the rights of the firstborn. He was asking that the same spirit that had empowered the ministry of this great man of God to be given to him as well. What kind of spirit was he asking for? He was asking for a spirit of faith to take the actions necessary to declare God to the people. He was asking for a spirit of obedience because uh, there's some things that God asks us to do that we might just disagree with that being the best way to get things done, but we need to do it God's way because his ways are higher than our ways, different than our ways, and it might not look who would have thought I fought for my salvation. A criminal hanging for me. I don't know. Figure it. And then, of course, a spirit of courage. Courage. What did he tell Joshua as he went to take the land over and over and over again? Be courageous. Be courageous. Why? Because you're getting ready to run into an enemy that's greater than you. You're getting to run into situations that you cannot handle. But why take courage? Because I'm with you. Just as I was with Moses. So in other words, don't look at yourself. Stop depending on yourself. God already knows you can't do it. As a matter of fact, if there's something that you think you're doing for God and you could do it by yourself, it's not from God. God challenges you in areas of our life where we come to the conclusion that it's a fact. I can't do this. I can't, I can't love like that. I can't forgive like that. I can't forget like that. It got to be through God. God got to do that through me. Then we become available and because we are out of the way. Does that make sense so far? Okay, 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 okay. Elijah sincerely wanted to take over where Elijah would leave off. He wanted to be the next prophet of Israel. That was the content. Let me talk to you in verse 10 about the character of his request. Elijah is told that he had asked a hard thing. In other words, it was beyond the power of Elijah to grant such a request. He asked him, what do you want? He said, this is what I want. But Elijah's answer that this is a hard thing. Only God could rise up prophets and give positions of power and influence. 
On the surface, Elijah's request seems a little selfish. It seems to be as though he's asking for twice the power and twice the glory. But I want to tell you something. He knew something. Elijah was telling him something that he would need to know in order to start his ministry with on the right track is that what you're asking man to do can only come from God. So we need to stop trying to get man to lift us up to places we think we need to be and 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 and, and, and submit ourselves to the favor of the man that you think is going to give you what you need to be risen up because the place where God is calling you to only he has the power to put you there when he opens the door there's no man that can close it and when he shuts it there is no man that can open it and he was saying this thing you're asking me yes I'm a great prophet yes I called down fire from heaven yes I killed all of the prophets of Baal but this thing that you're asking me that's outside my lane that ain't that that's the God Elijah's request, like I said, it seems a little selfish. It seems as though he's asking for twice the power. But really, this is the most humble thing that he could have said. See, Elijah knows that Israel still needs a man of God to deliver the word of God. Just like you should know that your community, your neighborhood, may I even dare say your house needs a man of God to deliver the word of God in these days and in God and do the work of God. But he also know that if he is to be that man, that he needs power that he does not possess. Mm -hmm. He needs the power of God working in him and through him if he is to accomplish this ministry. Listen, Elijah wasn't asking for power, wealth, or position for himself. He was asking to be controlled by the spirit of God because of the constant danger of being dedicated, outspoken as a man of God during the rule of the house of Omri and Ahab of that day. The man of God was asking for divine power to accomplish the will of God. The request was not about pride. It was about necessity. It was like trying, knowing that in order for you to vacuum the floor, if you don't plug it in, it's not going to work. You're not plugging in because you feel like it. You got to if you're going to do that job. You got to. Amen. In a couple of weeks, I know there's been some delays too, but I got a word just for the staff here. I got a word, and it's just about that. We got a lot of work to do. But how many of us are doing it without the spirit of God? It hit me like a rock a couple of weeks ago, and I've been wanting to push the issue, but I'm waiting because I've learned to for God to totally open up the door. I made an attempt last week. He's not time yet. Okay, let me step back and address it. There's a word for us at Brooklyn Teen Challenge about positioning ourselves in the place of power. Uh, let me give a, uh, as the Holy Spirit leads me, the, the, the day of Pentecost had come and they were in the upper room in one accord. And the reason that they were in that upper room in one accord was because Jesus himself had given them the great commission. But he told them, don't you do not one thing because there's too much flesh in the way right now. 
you wait on the promise because in order for you to have the power to witness, you're going to need the power of God in you. So don't, 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 don't just pray. Just stay up there and pray. Don't go witness. Don't go evangelize. And don't go laying hands on nobody. Just wait till you get the power. Oh, the power. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The content of his request, the character of his request. Now let's talk about the condition. Elijah tells Elijah that if he is with him until he is taken out of this world, then he will have the thing which he is asking for. And the idea here is that this blessing can be his, but Elisha must remain faithful until the end. Yeah, you can get that. If you're here, when this happens, it's all yours. That's the conditions. How many of you came to Teen Challenge believing that God sent you here and that when he's done with you here, it's just preparation for there? How many of you believe that? Okay, let me see your hands. Don't be weak about it. Don't raise it unless you mean it also, all right? Then that means none of you are leaving here until you receive what God said when he sent them to the upper room, they couldn't leave until the promise. If you believe God, like you say you believe God, then you trust God to complete, be confident of this very thing, Philippians 1.6, that he who began the good work, why do you try to complete what he started when you feel it's time? And then say, I heard from God, like God is schizophrenic. That's what you're saying when you say, God told me to, anyway, I, that's, okay. Okay. Hmm, no, 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 no. Hmm, let me, let me tell you, let me tell you. Let me tell. Elijah tells that if he's with him when he's taken, then he will have the thing for which he is asking. The idea here is that this blessing can be his, but he has to remain what? S- faithful to the end. If there ever was a day when we needed people with a heart like Elisha, it is in the day in which we live right now. When will we learn that we will never be able to do what the Lord has saved us and called us to do without his power? For too long, we tried to operate in the machinery of our human wisdom and intellect and gifts and talents. Uh, uh, but, but the result that we would have if we only depended on the power of God would have a totally different impact on the work that we are attempting to do successfully. Yes, 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 yes. We need to seek the Lord for spiritual power in these days. Look, look around. We're not supposed to be caught by surprise as someone goes and goes from from place to place killing people in massage parlors out of hate. We're not supposed to be surprised when people storm the White House and, 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 and 
almost pull a coup off in the U.S. of A. We, we, don't, we shouldn't be surprised as there are wars and rumors of wars and there are earthquakes where there weren't earthquakes and thunders where there wasn't thunder. And like we roll, Matt, he told us in Matthew uh, 24 that uh, when you see these things, it's about to jump off. <laughs> yeah, holy jump off. It's about to jump off. Amen? And we want it to jump off because it's just the beginning of the beginning of the end. And in the end, we win. And in the end, we get caught up to meet him in the air. And in the end, but, but if we really love it here so much that we want him to stop those things, then there's another message in us that's not God's message to the world today. Consider these things. Consider these things. We don't need to get caught up in the many debates that are engaging the hearts of mind of church folks today. What we need to do is carry out the command of Ephesians 5.18. Do not be drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be under the influence to the point where people are not you there. Yeah, you can tell a drunk person. They don't have to say it. You can smell it. You can tell by the way they walk. This person ain't right. Something. Something is you. You is different. <laughs> At least that's what I heard drunk people say. <laughs> Under the influence, no longer in control of themselves. Being directed by something more powerful than them that has taken them out of the place where they can even walk. See, something about the walk when you're under the influence of, from the Holy Spirit will declare that you belong to God. You ain't got to say nothing. <laughs> but if you do say something, you'll be saying something that people will know that you ain't talk, you talking different. I know none of y'all got drunk. Huh? Maybe it was this side of the room or... Where did the alcoholics in here go? Okay, I'll, I'll try another drug in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Tell your neighbor we need God. Now tell him three times. The third time, say it like you mean it. We need God. I mean, that is the best counsel you can give anyone when they come to you. I don't care if it's your first day in the program or your hundredth year in the program. The problem when that person comes to you, say, brother, I know what we need. We need God. We need God. The reason that this is such a dilemma for us is because it's God-sized problem. And we need God to supersize our faith so that we act Upon that we believe that nothing is impossible for God. Mm -hmm. See, the, the, the kind of blessing and power does not come upon the uncommitted. It is reserved for those who will pay the price in prayer, sanctification, and holiness before the Lord on purpose, by choice. 
by choice. If you're willing to go all the way with the Lord, though, the Bible declares that he will bless your life with his power for his glory. Yes. Is there anyone here who would get before God and seek his touch and his power in their life? It isn't about pride to ask God to fill you with his spirit, to use you for his glory. It is a matter of survival. It's a matter of survival. Anything else I declare is a lie. One of the greatest deceptions that the enemy brings is that we don't need to armor up for this day. We don't need to armor up for this fight. Y'all know I ride a motorcycle and every accident that I've seen people have that they got badly damaged was on a day they decided they didn't need that helmet. <laughs> it was on the day they decided they didn't need those armored knee pads inside of their pants, hips. Yeah. Are you impressed? <laughs> yeah, if you knew it was the day, right? But act like any day could be the day because the devil is always shooting. He's always, he does n has nothing else to do. We got bills to pay. We got lives to live. We got the, all he got to do is come after you and me all day, every day. And he's been doing it longer than man has been man. And so he's excellent at it. We need God. Amen. We need God. We need God. The future demands that God's servants be filled with God's spirit. We need that same spirit of faith. We need that same spirit of obedience and courage that rested on Elijah to be placed within us. Am I asking you for something archaic? I heard that the Catholic Church is being challenged because their rule about not um, blessing same-sex couples is being looked at as an archaic rule. That we've, we've moved so past that now that we need to catch up with the times. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, to, to join in with the rest of society. We all agree. Here you, here you, harumph. So archaic is love thy neighbor. <laughs> so archaic, those bless those who curse you. Come on, grab a rifle and follow me. This is the law of the day. As times change, there's one thing that has stood the test of time. And it is the word of God. It is infallible because he is faithful. There is everything else on this planet will fail. But the word of God is declared that it will never fail. It says the flower may fade and a couple of other things will fall apart. But this word right here. And so I declared that as for me and my house, as for me and my house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, 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 listen. If we, it would do us well to remember that all the great men of God that we venerate from the past are all gone. David Wilkerson, great man of God. We see his faith. Yeah, his faith was not that he prayed, even though that was out of faith. His faith was that he got up, left his house, sold his television set, came to New York, went to the court, stood in the courtroom, came back out, went back home, inquired of the Lord, came back. You see all the action steps that he took. That's why we know he was a man of faith. Yeah, faith that you can see is faith. 
James says, I think, somewhere in the book. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. We need God, not the stories about what he did for someone else. We need him to supersize his spirit in us today. Can I get a amen? Hallelujah. He made a spiritual request, but I, I just want to point to this one thing. He, he, two things before I leave. Yeah, two things before I leave. He, he manifested a steadfast resolve. And, oh, I need that so much today. A steadfast resolve. Let me, let me explain. Uh, from the time it became apparent that Elijah was leaving until the moment he left and Elisha received the blessing, several trials crossed his way and attempted to hinder them. However, Elisha remained focused on obtaining what he was after, which was that supersized faith. He didn't let anything see. Opportunities did not shake his resolve. At every turn, the sons of the prophet ask Elisha the same question. Yes? Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? In other words, why are you still following that old man? Don't you know he's leaving? They tried to talk him out of his resolve. If you decide that you are going after God until you obtain that double portion, you better look out for the haters and the haterade. The haters and the haterade comes with the territory. As a matter of fact, if they ain't there, stop doing it and find something that'll bring them out. Because <laughs> if you ain't doing something that hell care about, you're wasting your time. Do something that'll catch hell's attention, and it will show up in the haters that are assigned to you. Yes, they, yes, they are. I love them. I love my haters. Thank you. Thank you. Keeps me on track. Let's me know God is working something out and you see it. Hallelujah. 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 See, the opposition that came his way, you see, all around you, there will be people who will do their best to talk you out of it. I don't know why the brethren be hating. I don't know why. Why are they bothered or offended when someone progresses further in the favor of God than they have at that time? I get excited when I see somebody get blessed because I'm next. <laughs> There's blessings being given out. I'm getting in line. I, I'm getting. <laughs> I'm getting blessings coming out. Promotions going on. Huh? Blessings coming out. I ain't got time to be hating on you. I'll, Getting my place in line. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I, I know. We think that, you know, you've left the street life behind us. You no longer think according to those things, my brother. Well, you better wake up because God saved the dude from the streets. You see what I'm saying? I, I was a thug for life out there. Now I'm a thug for eternal life. How you like that now, huh? <laughs> he, he saved the thug. He ain't take the thug out of me. He must be going to use it for something. Uh, it might have been meant for evil, but my Bible tells me that he will cause it to work together for 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, listen. All around there'll be, I don't know, but but listen to this. Uh, you, you can be sure that the attack will come and oppose you as you go for the supersized prize of God. Just like it's the guy with the football that gets chased down the field. It ain't they ain't chasing anybody else but the guy with the ball. So if they come in after you, just know you got the ball. <laughs> just do you know what game you're playing? You think they're supposed to be coming after you? This is not the Forrest Gump version. <laughs> just running. <laughs> Matt knows that this is the third cup of coffee morning, and so he's like just shaking his head. He's like, oh, that's why you put the other cup down there so I can see it. Okay, thank I get it. I get it. Remember that as the attacks come, don't think it's something odd. It's what's supposed to be happening because of who you are. He's not after you right now. He's after the goal that will happen if you get that ball across that line. That's what he's trying to stop. That's what he's trying to stop. And if he do tackle you, guess what? There's another down. That's only first down, y'all. You don't end it right. <laughs> Why did you? I'm not playing. Give me back my ball. I'm going no more. Playing no more. Remember, it's childlike, not childish. Remember, it's childlike, not childish. Right? We the 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 grown person knows what game they signed up for, and they know that it ain't over until God says. That it's over. Amen. It says that a thousand may fall on my left and 10,000 at that right, but none will come nigh thee. Amen. You're going to see it all around you, but you got to have the faith to stand firm and do not let anything shake your resolve. And it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It could be a good thing. It could be a job pop up for you somewhere in the middle of your program. And... That must be God. It could be a test from God so that you would know that you're not as committed as you thought you were. He let Peter do it. I got you, bro. You can't do nothing. Nah, that ain't happening. Kill me first, son. No, Peter. <laughs> Not too long after this conversation, you will be finding yourself a liar. You do not love me like that. It is fine. I still got something for you. I, I still got something for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, the, the opposition did not shake his resolve, but neither did the opportunities, right? Neither did the opportunities. Opportunities can be a wolf in, in, in sheep's clothing. Uh, opportunities that look good could just be the thing to just get you off uh, on, onto the wrong track. I, I was going one way, and I knew there was a traffic jam there. And, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go the other way. And I ran into a worse traffic jam. Um, I should have stayed where I was going because that was going to be the way. It like happened the other day. I had to relate it to a spiritual thing because I was angry. I was, I was frustrated. And, and then I can't roll down my window and yell at people. <laughs> every time, look at this. Every time they passed through a city, Elijah attempted to get Elisha to stay, didn't he? 
This wasn't an effort on his part to hinder his progress. It was designed to test his resolve. Some things that come along are not a test for failure. It's a test of your resolve. It's a, what is resolve? I have decided to stand on this and not be moved and not be shaken. That's, that's what this resolve is all about. Listen, at Gilgal, let, let, let me just give you a little bit of history, right? Um, it, it, each one of these places was a special place in the heart of a Jew. They weren't just anywhere along the way. Gilgal is the place of beginnings. It's where the Israelites first celebrated Passover in the promised land, and the male born during the wilderness wanderings were circumcised, and the covenant was renewed there at Gilgal. Then there's Bethel, which is the place of dreams, and it was where that Jacob met God and dreamed of angels descending and ascending out of heaven. Jericho was the place of past victories. It was here that Israel had its first military victory in the promised land. Then there's the Jordan, which is called the place of death. That river represented a boundary for the promised land. To cross it meant to enter into death. It was a formidable barrier that few would ever want to cross. We too find that these same places in our walk with the Lord, far too many believers spend their entire Christian life at Gilgal. They never grow and they never leave the place of beginnings. Remember we teach, what are we learning now in class? Somebody better answer. Oh, everybody better leave. Say it. Thank you, new guy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Spiritual growth and mature. All right. So you got a couple more joined in. Spiritual growth and maturity. So don't be boasting about how long you've been walking with the Lord. You could be walking with the Lord for 20 years, but you've been doing the same year over and over and over again. Huh? It's, 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 it's this place of beginning. Some go as far as Bethel. They catch the vision of God's great work that must be done. They see the needs. They feel the tug. But they never get past the place of dreaming about what they might do. They never take the next step of making those dreams and visions realities. Still others hold on to their Jerichos. They live in the victories of yesterday. They remember what happened back then. Forgetting that the same God who blessed them then is desiring to bless them now. Then some come to the Jordan. This is the barrier between the self-life and the spirit life. I've never seen so few people, me included for a while, take the final step of faith and sell out to go with God all the way. I told some people I stopped singing I Surrender All because I was lying. I surrender some at best until I really know I'm surrendering all that I know I have to surrender. I'm not going to sing that song like that. I'm not doing, no, I'm not going to say I surrender all. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm not there yet. I like to surrender all. It sounds good to surrender all. One day I hope to surrender all. If they change the lyrics to that, I'll sing it loud. That's my truth. I know you all have surrendered all, but I'm saying me. I need prayer. I'm, I, I, I haven't gotten to where you are in your faith yet. Please pray for me. I'm trying to, I'm finding things that I don't want to surrender at all. Let's keep going. Obstacle 
knees did not shake. <laughs> I know. I know. It's okay. Amen. When you resolve to go with God, he be forewarned that obstacles will cross your path. Remember, they do. They're there because God permitted them in your life. And just don't see them as obstacles because it's God, they're an opportunity. More than likely, that obstacle is an opportunity to change our character to that of Christ. Yeah, if you're finding yourself dealing with a lack of patience, the fruit of patience in your life comes through that test. If you see yourself unable to forgive, it might be because the test of getting you able to forgive is to give you something to forgive in order to practice forgiving. Most like that. But if you run from it and you wonder why so long, God, you haven't answered my prayer, it's because you're running from the answer to the prayer because you're scared. You're, you're fearful. You want it to be an easy, soft answer. But this is a hard and dangerous life that we're living out here for men of God. The teaching about the big boy comes, right? I'm going to close with this. When we look and we see, because I've got a few minutes, when we, when we look and we see these things, those who pay the price to stay with the Lord and to go with him through every difficulty and obstacle will see him do the unexplainable time and time again. Can I get a witness? Yes. Yes. I, they, I'm not even going to go into because that's a whole nother sermon. Oh, my goodness. Put a little bit of faith in him. He's done so much in my life. And I'm not talking about the stuff that I have. I'm talking about the stuff in here that lets me see I'm a new creation. The things I used to do, I, I don't do them anymore. Yeah, the way I used, I changed. I, 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 I've changed. I'm not the way I used to be. I might not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. amen. I know y'all came here for preaching and I've been teaching, so here we go. If you want to see the glory and you want to see the power of God manifest and displayed before your eyes, then don't back up. Don't turn around. Just stay with God and hold on. Be vigilant and be relentless. Somebody say, I got to get relentless to get mine. Yeah, I want my prize supersized. I want my faith to be God-sized faith. I want my life to be something so beyond what I am capable to do that when somebody talks about what I did, they got to point and give God the glory. Hallelujah. If the stars which are high in the sky give God the glory, if the sun which gives light to the earth gives God the glory, then who am I that my life and what I do should not also as the top of his creation, then give God the glory. Hallelujah. We have to build it up inside ourselves to determine that I know it looks impossible for me, but nothing is impossible for my God. Amen. Just stay with God. Elijah walked 
with Elisha's master. When, when Elijah returned to the banks of the Jordan, he knew that the mantle and the ministry of Elijah had passed on to him. He had got the prize. But now faith means, let me check this thing out. Now he, in faith, calls on the same God who had worked through Elijah to work through him. He calls upon the God who answers by fire. He calls upon the God that stops and starts the rain, that feeds the servant by the ravens, that multiplies the meal and the oil, that raises the dead, that is powerful enough to shake the mountains with the wind and to rend them with the earthquake. And he speaks to his children in a still voice. This is the God Elijah is calling upon and he got the answer he was seeking and just as they had for Elijah the muddy rushing waters of the Jordan parted for Elijah and he had obtained the double portion his faith had become supersized and I want to tell you and declare to you today that the same God that was with Elijah, the same God is still in power. He is still moving in great ways to accomplish his will in the world. And as a matter of fact, I know, I declare, and I decree by the vision of the Holy Spirit in me that in this room are people that God has called to stand up one day and walk out of this room. Can you tell me who's in the house? I said, who's in 